It is one of the most needed and sought-after things in the world right now, and yet at this moment it seems so unobtainable. What is it, and will it ever happen? And music industry powerhouse attorney Rachel Stilwell will be here to talk about the issues facing today's music artists. Don't go anywhere. Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the Corelcast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Corelcast. I am Corel. Happy Friday, if we can say that. So very glad you are joining me. Uh, this is going to be a great segment, and the next two are really wonderful. I'll be talking with Rachel Stilwell. She's a very big attorney in music and a Grammy advocate uh, in Los Angeles. You know what SAG-AFTRA and their, you know, what their problems are, the writer's strike and what their problems were, but you don't hear much about music, and we're facing the same issues in music, and I want to talk to you about those and tell you about those so you can also help in a few ways, and we're going to tell you how you can help musicians and artists out there continue to thrive and make the music that you so desperately love and want to hear. So don't go anywhere. We've got a great show. Rachel Stilwell will be here in just a second. We're going to do two segments with her because she's really smart, uh, and she's really connected, and she's someone you really want to hear from. All right. I got to take a breath. We all have to take a breath. We all have to stand back. I got to thinking about peace last night. The, the most unobtainable thing, it appears, for humans. Humans have never been truly at peace since there were humans. Tribes fought each other for land, for food, for resources. As we matured into industrial age humans, we fought wars with all kinds of horrific devices and machines designed just for killing. Uh, and in this country, we are far from at peace as our House of Representatives is fighting with each other over a speaker as half the country is fighting with the other half, vilifying each other, forgetting that we're all Americans and should all want the same thing. Peace is nowhere to be found, it appears these days, certainly not in Israel and Gaza. And no matter how you feel about what's going on there, no matter how you feel how it should be resolved, the Israelis were ruthlessly attacked on Saturday of last week, and the largest number of Jews since the Holocaust died in one day. Now, that's, that's huge. So in almost 100 years, the largest number of Jews died in one day, and they didn't deserve it. It doesn't matter about their policies, their politics. It doesn't matter that, that you know the West Bank or Gaza are almost like prisons for the Palestinians. None of that matters. Because you never, ever will achieve peace with violence. And that's why we've never, ever achieved it as humans. Because we've always thought the way to achieve peace was with force. And that's just not the truth. The way to achieve peace is the exact opposite. It's through happiness, contentment. It's through kindness and love. It's through empathy and caring. And those are emotions even I seem to have run out of these days. And yet, to quote the 1960s song, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It needs a lot of it. The world needs a hug between climate change destroying the, the earth we live on 
corporations ripping up our planet with impunity, rich people creating an environment where anyone that's not rich simply suffers, whether it's at the grocery store or the gas station, spend your life working and worrying and struggling and striving, that doesn't make for peace or a peaceful life. And when it comes to government, each government saying they're right, that they know what's best, that they're going to rule, making laws and rules for others that others don't like, oppressing people. In the United States, we oppress gays, women, blacks, Hispanics. And in Israel, they oppress Palestinians. And the Palestinians oppress Jews. And it's just this vicious cycle that's never going to lead to peace. Now, maybe as humans, we're not capable of it. I'm serious. Maybe it's just this this carrot dangling in front of us that we want to achieve but cannot. Maybe it's a myth, a fallacy, that humans can live at peace. Maybe we need a new kind of human. And that's the truth. Maybe generations have to die out before a new kind of human realizes that we've got one tiny little blue dot here, just one little blue dot in space, and that if we were to work together and help each other in spite and because of our differences, that it would be so much better. It'd be such a better place. That's why we love music. That's why we love art. We can find peace in it. We can find contentment and joy and happiness. And that is so devoid in life today. I don't care what your views or my views of Israel and Palestine are. People are dying. Children are dying on both sides. And it doesn't make either side more right or more wrong. And you're not a good liberal just because you're bringing up, well, Israel did this. and No one deserves to be attacked unless they are openly attacking somebody else. If you are perpetrating violence on someone, they have the right to defend themselves, but only so much. You know, we all need to take a breath. The noise online is deafening. And this notion that you must stand with us or you are against us, that's so 9-11. You're either on our side or you're one of the terrorists. I'm on the side of peace between Israel and the Palestinians. I believe Hamas to be a terrorist organization. I'm gay. Hamas is no friend of mine. You know, they would kill me just to look at me. So as far as I'm concerned, good riddance to Hamas. But that doesn't mean the people in Gaza, the people in the West Bank, deserve to die, and they are. But it also doesn't mean that Hamas had the right to go into Israel and kill grandparents and babies. We don't know if they beheaded kids. That could be misinformation. We don't know. But we do know what they did, and what they did was horrible. What they did was horrible enough. They didn't have to behead babies or rape women to make it even worse. It was bad enough. The taking of innocent hostages. Bombing people in their day-to-day lives who don't deserve it. Saying they deserve it because their government won't do this or their government won't do that. 
Well, will I deserve to be bombed in Las Vegas if Donald Trump wins and our government goes on some horrible tirade? Will I, as an American, deserve to be killed because of what Trump or his administration may do? No. And neither do you. What we need is peace. And not just in Israel and Gaza, Russia, Ukraine, Syria, Lebanon, right here in America where an undeclared civil war is going on. If we don't get to peace, we will never get to prosperity. We will never get to happiness or joy or contentment. We live on one of the most beautiful planets in our universe. And I know so many beautiful people on it that have helped me in my life live my dreams. People like Thea Austin, David Hall, Michael Eckhart, people who produced my music and who helped me have that dream. People who put me in talk radio and believed in me, even though I was gay. People like you who accept me and listen to me every day in spite of my flaws. We are filled. We are a planet filled with beautiful people if we just let them be beautiful. We need peace. We need quiet. We need calm. How do we get it in today's world? I don't know. I don't think we can. But I know we need it. So I would hope that this weekend you'd find some music that you enjoy. You'd find some peace. Take a breath. Step back. Realize we are all in this together. And that war and violence and murder it is not the way to a lasting society and a lasting peace. Let's talk to Rachel Stilwell about music. Let's end the show. Join Carell in Long Beach, California, October 21st, as he is placed on the Rainbow Wall in the Equality Plaza in the Harvey Milk Promenade Park, 185 East 3rd Street, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. That's October 21st, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. in Long Beach at Harvey Milk Promenade Park as Carell and Andrew are recognized for their contributions to the LGBTQ community. Come out and support Carell as he is honored as part of Carell and Andrew at this special event. Welcome back. It is the Carell cast. I, of course, am Carell, which makes it handy. Uh, so we've heard the writers have settled their uh, disagreement. The SAG-AFTRA, not so lucky. Uh, their, their talks are broken down right now. Uh, and here in Vegas, we have the culinary workers striking over on the Strip. Uh, there's a lot going on in the arts these days. And it's an exciting week for me in music because the first round Grammy nominations are out. And my single, Stronger Together, is actually being considered for Best Remix Recording. Uh, and a lot of other people right now are very happy that their music is being uh, up for a first-round first nomination uh, at Grammy, which means a lot of people will vote on them. And then from those, the nominees uh, will be chosen, and then we'll vote on those again. So it's an exciting week in music. But more importantly, Grammy, or NARIS, the National Academy of Recording Arts and Science, uh, this week held a District Advocate Day. Uh, where people from the Music uh, Academy and also advocates uh, met with lawmakers to discuss things that actually affect musicians. We know what's affecting the actors. We've, we've heard about their grievances. We know what's affecting the writers. We heard about theirs. 
But you know what? Music and musicians, they still need to get theirs and legislation to protect their rights uh, and their music and their creative process. Someone who is a huge advocate for artists, and let me be clear, she does not speak for Grammy, but she works very closely with Neris and is one of their biggest advocates. Uh, and full disclosure, just found out she's my BFF's lawyer, uh, <laughs> is Rachel Stilwell. She is a Los Angeles-based music attorney with a stellar array, uh, array of clients. Uh, also, she's been working in the industry for some time. So I thought it great on this week of district advocacy uh, to talk about the issues facing musicians and artists and those who create the music that you turn to. You may not be buying it much anymore, but you're still listening. to it. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rachel. Well, thank you so much for having me. Lovely introduction, and it's great to be here. Thank you. So uh, what are some of the issues? I know that musicians and advocates this week met with, uh, you know, <laughs> or tried to because of all the chaos going on in Washington uh, with their district advocates to rally their support for various things. What is it that they're seeking? What support do we need? Uh, probably the topic on everybody's mind right now is artificial intelligence. So uh, you may have heard about a uh, Drake Weekend song that was fake, that got distributed, um, that essentially put words in the mouths of those artists by scraping their performances from other recordings and um, and using artificial intelligence, creating a sound recording that sounded like Drake and sounded like The Weeknd, but it wasn't, you know, but it wasn't them singing new stuff of their own by choice. It was somebody misappropriating their voices and putting words in their mouth. So we can expect a lot more of that going forward. That's well, yeah, fine. because in theory with AI, you could go home one night and say, I want to hear Barbara Streisand sing a song about lollipops. Uh, and technically, AI could spit out a song of La Streisand singing about lollipops. And exactly. she could have nothing to do with it. Uh, right. It could, wouldn't be condoned. Uh, and she'd have a fit because everything about her performances are you know, under the microscope. Uh, so I imagine that's part, we have that in common with the actors. The actors are yes. afraid that AI is going to replace them in television, replace them in film. We know they're trying to do it with background actors already. Uh, and the same could hold true for musicians where their voice or a likeness of their voice uh, is used to create and even write a song writers. You could say, hey, ask GPT to write me a song about rainy days. Uh, and it would just, you know, spit out some lyrics. And so uh, I imagine artists want to protect their uh source of revenue, but also their creative process and not cheapen it by, by now we don't have the major labels that we used to have and the structure of music that we used to have, the infrastructure kind of isn't there anymore. So is it up to lawmakers? Because before we could go to a certain number of labels and say, please don't do this and get a deal with those labels and then it wouldn't be done. But now there's so many independent labels and so many ways to release music there's not five or six or eight people running the business anymore. There's hundreds. So how would we prevent that is the only way through legislation. Well, there's, there are a few ways to, to tackle it. So there are still plenty of record labels on the independent side, three major uh, consolidated record labels. And the record labels 
in most cases, own the copyrights to the sound recordings that they're distributing. Sometimes they're working with licensing deals, but most of the time they own the copyrights in the sound recording. And so if they if they wanted to, um, the record, whoever owns the copyright in the sound recording could potentially file a copyright infringement suit. But in many cases, recording artists who are working with labels might be big, might be small, might be small. Uh, don't own the copyrights in their own master recordings because the labels do, right? They're under a contractual agreement. Right. So, we heard about that with Taylor Swift, how she wanted her masters back from exactly. Peter Braun and, uh, you know, Justin Bieber and a lot of other artists who have either fought over their masters or over the rights to their very own songs. So we, we've heard that quite a bit in the news recently, actually. That's true. So if you were one of those recording artists who don't own your own masters, that you don't own the copyright to your sound recording, you wouldn't have what us lawyers call standing. You wouldn't have the right to go sue somebody for infringement of a copyright that you don't own. And so for that reason, the Recording Academy, as well as uh, our brethren and sisters in SAG-AFTRA, uh, and a lot of music industry stakeholders have said, we need uh, a federal right of publicity. So in certain states, like where I am in California, we have statutes that protect against misappropriation of the name, likeness, and importantly for the music industry, voice, um, without, you know, without the consent of the person whose name, likeness, or voice that you're using. So... Um, so there are certain states like California, New York, Nevada, that have state laws protecting against misappropriation of name, likeness, and voice. Um, but we're, what we want to do is federalize that and pass a pass a bill, make a new law that's federal that covers you know all fifty states and the territories that would make that a, a federal right, so that uh, you know so that. If, for example, you're in Arizona or in New Mexico where they don't have one of those state laws, you're still protected. Are um, lawmakers receptive? They've got so much on their plate. They're in such chaos. What chance do we have of getting issues like AI for music artists actually in front of Congress and getting them to actually move forward with? It? Believe it or not, both the House and the Senate have already had hearings about AI, not specifically with regard regarding to music, but um, uh, the, but the topic is one of great interest to the lawmakers, whether they can get it together to introduce and pass legislation. Uh, right now, they don't even have a speaker. So yeah, exactly. the, the one they're about to elect is the KKK light. So, uh, you know, I would I, I think about AI and the hearings they're having. You know, AI shouldn't be replacing artists. It really should be replacing them, but that's a whole other topic. Join Carell in Long Beach, California, October 21st, as he is placed on the Rainbow Wall in the Equality Plaza in the Harvey Milk Promenade Park, 185 East 3rd Street, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. That's October 21st, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. in Long Beach at Harvey Milk Promenade Park as Carell and Andrew are recognized for their contributions to the LGBTQ community. Come out and support Carell as he is honored as part of Carell and Andrew at this special event.
All right. Welcome back. It is the Corel cast. I, of course, am Corel, which makes it handy. Rachel Stilwell, she is a Los Angeles-based music attorney with a stellar array, uh, array of clients. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rachel. Uh, let's talk about another issue that is really the same as SAG-AFTRA, and I'm not sure if this is one on your plate, but I know as a recording artist throughout my life, and I'm, many of my friends who are, one of the big things right now that SAG-AFTRA is having a holdup is they want 2% of streaming profits. And the streamers are like, no! Um, you know, artists, even Taylor Swift, but, you know, middle of, if you're not Taylor Swift or if you're not like the higher echelon of music, record sales and radio play used to bring in a lot of money. My friend Thea Austin sings Rhythm as a Dancer. And in the day, that made her really great royalties and checks. But now with streaming, you know, it dries up. So are streaming revenues something that we're also concerned with? Because I really feel, I, had, I heard Snoop Dogg talking about how he hadn't even gotten, seen any money from streaming. I really feel that artists should be paid more than 0.004 cents per stream uh, for their music since it's their music that's making Spotify and Apple Music and there would be none of those services without the music. So is there anything to get more uh, financial remuneration for artists from streaming? It's something that we all talk about all the time. And uh, the licenses that you need for on-demand streaming and non-interactive streaming are uh, two different licenses. And then you've got sound recordings, which are distinct from the underlying musical compositions that the songwriters write. All of those rates should come up and it's a constant battle. there, there are every few years uh, hearings within the Copyright Royalty Board about those rates and the content users um, that would love to use our music for free uh, are constantly not only lobbying, but actually litigating to try to get those rates um, to the lowest rates possible. And, um, and that process when it happens every single time that there's a consideration of the rates, um, uh, you know, it it holds up whatever money, uh, you know, whatever increases might happen. Uh, those go on hold until the litigation is, uh, you know, finally, dis- finally, you know, s- settled or figured out. Um, so it's a pain. Um well, yeah, and, Spotify and Apple won't want to give up any money willingly. They're not going to want to write more checks. And so, well, yeah, all of that's true. But Spotify being a far worse actor than than Apple, Apple, comparatively speaking, um, you know, is is uh, pretty good compared to to Spotify. Spotify has been obstructionist. They've litigated. They've done everything possible to try to keep the rates as close to free as possible, both for sound recordings and for underlying musical compositions. Meanwhile, having, you know, bought themselves just about the most expensive real estate in the entire country in which to house their offices. Um, you know, right. it, they're not, they're not broke. And to give you all broke. an example, back in the day, uh, if, if you, if you sold a million records, if you actually sold a million records uh, and you were lucky enough to be the writer, not just the artist, that could make you a considerable sum of money up to like a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, you know, also back in the day, uh, if your record was played on radio in heavy rotation, radio had deals with ASCAP and BMI, the music publishing companies. Uh, and because of those deals, 
ASCAP and BMI would collect royalties. And if you're in heavy rotation, you would get sizable checks. Now you can get 1 million streams on Spotify and you're lucky if you make $4,000. Uh, and so that's just, you know, 100 million streams and maybe you'd make like $40,000, which may sound like a lot to you, but given that these artists use this music to sustain them, not just when the music is out, but also for years to come, uh, it, it's not very much money at all, and they're not making the money that they need to to actually make music their full-time profession, even if they're having hits, uh, which is, that's a total shift from what it was back in the day. Back in the day, if you had a hit, you got money. Nowadays, if you have a hit, you might still be driving for Uber. So AI uh, and streaming royalty rates, Rachel Stilwell, my guest, a uh, music lawyer in Los Angeles, what are some of the other issues facing uh, today's artists in music? Well, one uh, one issue that is perennial is part of what you were just talking about. So, you know, back in the day, if you got your uh, if you got your musical compositions, the songs that you wrote played on uh, on terrestrial radio, you could get a sizable check if it were in heavy rotation. But at no point has AMFM radio ever paid for the use of sound recordings ever. So while Spotify and Pandora and uh, Sirius XM and every other music platform out there is required to pay something, the rates are never what we'd like, but they at least have to pay something and get a license to use the sound recordings. AMFM still doesn't have to have a license and still pays $0 in the United States for, you know, for using the sound recordings that draw all of their audience. So right. in other words, it's like a, it's like a baker not having to buy flour. Right. That's absolutely right. So, um, so that's something that we want to change. Uh, we'd be happy to negotiate a deal with the broadcasters if they would come to the table. Um, and in the meantime, you know, um, uh, you know, year after year, we're working on on getting legislation passed that would do this to to you know try to negotiate with the broadcasters. Last year, we got as far as getting a mar uh, you know a, a markup done and getting it through the House Judiciary Committee, which is further along that we than we've done in ten years or so. Um, but we're gonna you know we're gonna keep pushing. But part of the reason why it's a problem is all those other rates that you were talking about that are so low. Part of what's suppressing them is the fact that AMFM pays nothing for their sound recordings. So, um, so the streamers are like, hey, if they get it free, why can't we? Exactly what they say. And yes. it's because we have to eat. That's why. <laughs> that was That's all, right. You know, it's so funny. It was always hard enough to be an entertainer. Uh, you know, I, I'm very lucky that uh, talk radio has been good to me, but I've recorded the entire time since the 80s. Uh, and it's it's. People would always say, oh, don't quit your day job, whatever. And then things went okay. And now they're back to being, you know, I want to say rough again. It's for actors or all entertainers. We're sort of, we're, you know, I remember talking to the head of Sony Music and, and other people about how they should digitize their catalogs and put them at their website so we could buy them. And they thought I was ridiculous. This was before iTunes. And then iTunes came out. Uh, and when iTunes came out and Napster and all of that, yeah. I was so afraid. Because I said, people are going to get used to having music for free. And right. for instance, Anastasia, an artist I adore. She just came out. She's huge in Europe. Can't get arrested in the U.S., but she's from here. Uh, she just came out with a new fabulous album uh, called Our Songs or Your Songs. 
Uh, and I went and bought it because Anastasia is not Madonna. And so whenever, like Emily Sande, I just went and pre-ordered her album. And people say, you know, you subscribe to Apple Music. Why do you then go buy them? You know you can just listen to them. And I said, because the they get more of the money. And these artists are not Madonna. They're not Taylor Swift. They actually need the revenues. And That's right. so I think it's important that we send this message in this segment that if you like music, if you have a song or an buy artist it. or an album that you like, buy it. Right. I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, I, you know, it's a it's a strong message that you can send, um, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, particularly, you know, with vinyl and actually having something that you know you can you can feel you know yeah vinyl has helped vinyl has actually helped artists recently because of the resurgence people are actually buying vinyl uh, as you hear by the way ember is a part of the show everyone knows who she is so if she barks they're used to it uh, and she has been she's been on major radio major television she's been on cnn uh you know because she's just my life so she's here with, she's a service dog she's here with me uh but Buying it is, is one of the keys. It's one of the ways you can help support, uh, you know, artists and, your, and the music that you love, uh, whether it's buying vinyl, a CD, or a download, however you right. consume music. Just be sure that you remember that those artists still rely upon you purchasing their music. So let me ask you, as we close here, Rachel, Rachel Stilwell, an attorney in Los Angeles who works tirelessly uh, to help people like me and my friend Thea uh, and people like Taylor Swift, uh, you know, works tirelessly to make sure that they get uh, what it is they deserve and that they're not exploited, uh, which is a big thing in music is having your music exploited. Um, are you, is it a good time to be in music? Are you optimistic? Is it a good time to be an artist or is it rough right now? Well, there's kind of two answers to that. One is if you are a person that can make music and you want to and it makes you happy um you know making art is a great thing it, it's a great thing for the world whether if you're looking to make music as a way to make money uh it, it's never been a great business to make money in unless you're a superstar and that's true even more so now than it used to be but I do have, you know, a steady stream of clients that are making a good living. Um, you know, sometimes it's by going on the road now that. You yeah, know, touring. But that's the big thing is if you even have just a regional hit, getting out and voting it. Right. There's an artist named Dixon Dallas. He's gay. I don't know, actually, we don't know if he's gay, but he made these really gay con uh, country songs. Uh, and they went viral. Uh, awesome. And, you know, people kissing each other on their bussy. I had to look up what it was. Uh, and he's now out on the road filling like 200 seat venues. And so he's actually making money. Uh, and then, of course, we heard the guy with the song uh, Rich Men North of Richmond or whatever that song was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that went viral. He made like 50 grand a month for a while and then got a signed a publishing and, and recording deal. So before we leave, let's talk about that elephant in the room. What about artists and how do they make money on social media with their music? You know, I think most of my clients consider social media a great promotional tool, but not something that they can monetize to an extent where it's really going to pay the bills. 
Rather, you use the social media to get the bookings. You use social media to uh, get more people to listen to your streaming, you know, to buy your merch, um, to join your fan club so that they can be aware of, you know, when you're doing something that can generate money. Um, people don't come to me saying, hey, I need you to work on a contract that is, you know, uh, or TikTok. <laughs> I need TikTok. a TikTok. Yeah, video. yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, but they, but they use the, those platforms to help promote their tours and promote their records. And, um, you know, and, and that seems to work. It seems to help. It does. Uh, the only way you can make money on social media is if you're shirtless and have tattoos. I, I, I've just what I've decided because there's a new trend of guys getting dressed on camera. Literally, they start in their underwear and then they show you what they're getting dressed and then they get dressed and they have like five million followers and, and, and endorsement deals. And I'm right. like, oh, gee, I used to have to have animals for that. I didn't really have, you know, you uh, know what? Right. one other comment, though. Don't start an OnlyFans page, whatever you do. There are plenty of people who, you know, plenty of musicians who are also influencers and models and whatnot that have come to me saying, you know, I'm thinking about starting an OnlyFans page. Once you start one, it's really, well, one, it's really hard to get it down unless you hire a lawyer that, you know, OnlyFans doesn't want to let you go. And once that stuff is out there, it's out there forever. Oh, I, yeah, no. I, you know, uh, when that first started, someone said, maybe you should start an OnlyFans. And I said, my mother would roll over in her grave. Uh, <laughs> plus, I said, no one wants to see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, well, Rachel. Bad news. Yeah. Yeah, no, it really is. And you're right. You can never, you know, people forget, especially artists. Artists forget that online is forever. And even if you pull something down yourself, it's out there. Once it's, it's out, out there, there, it's out there. Right. Uh, and, you know, it's always going to be there. So be careful what you share on social media uh, and what you do. Well, Rachel Stilwell, thank you so much for showing us and telling us about the issues that artists, uh, music artists today's world face. We hear a lot about SAG-AFTRA and WGA. Uh, but, you know, the music industry is going through the same changes as Hollywood. And without people like you uh, out there protecting artists and advocating for them, in front of legislation, because sometimes artists aren't their best advocates, let's be real. Uh, and without people like you out there advocating for us with legislators, with lawmakers, it would be even worse. So you're right when you said, look, it's never been an easy business to make money with, but there are people who they can't be anything else. This is, this is their soul. This is what they have exactly. to do. And that requires people then like you to be their gatekeepers and make sure that they're not being exploited. Thank you so much for the work you do for Grammy uh, and for artists everywhere out there. Uh, and really, I think that we're going to see some very interesting times up ahead uh, with AI and with all the things that we've talked about and how it's all going to play out. Uh, hopefully, artists will be able to maintain their own likenesses, their own voices, uh, their own copyrights, uh, and continue to thrive in the music industry and not have it turn into some AI-generated mess. Thank you so much for your time Thank today. You. I know it's billable and very expensive. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. I am Terrell. Be who you want to be so long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Happy Friday, everybody. Try not to be too involved with the news over the weekend. It's not going to get any better. Uh, it's a crazy world right now. Listen to some music. And if you find some you like, buy it for the love of God. Buy it. Hey, it's Carell. 
Amber and I would like to thank you for joining us today and remind you there's a way to never miss a thing, and that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash reallycorel. That's youtube.com forward slash reallycorel for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons of Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. That's patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. My website is reallycorel.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, reallycorel. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free CorelCast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free CorelCast app. Remember, I am Corel. Be who you want to be so I don't hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today.